welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. And I'm your other host, Daniel Colburn. And today's episode is brought to you by none other than Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger, for not sponsoring our show, but sponsoring the bail fund donation stuff that we are doing. So uh, if you're you just downloaded this episode and you haven't heard the other like mini episode that was in the feed before this honey badger is uh matching a bunch of donations from no plans to merge listeners to uh bail relief organizations for people who are arrested during the black lives matter protests all over the country uh this past week and since this episode is you're probably hearing this in the future i don't know uh how long those protests have continued or if they're still going on but uh yeah anyway thank you so much to honey badger for doing that honey badger is an error monitoring and reporting service and uh they help you keep your website up and they help you know when your website goes down and who it goes down for and how bad it was and give you all the information that you need to fix your production errors so shouts out to honey badger um and thank you for supporting the show. There will be a link in the show notes uh, to the bail relief stuff and also a link to Honey Badger. Boom. Righto. Righto. How you doing, Caleb? I'm doing well. Oh. I'm doing well. How are you, Deco? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's all, There's a lot going on. Yeah, and you've had a pretty sh- uh, shitty week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, yeah, so my dog probably has cancer we don't know we got a biopsy uh and we'll know in a week or two what the deal is with that um trying not to be too stressed out about it right now because it's not like for sure for sure but it's you know fairly likely okay so we gotta figure out what to do about that and we don't know if it's it could be one of two different kinds of cancer and if it's the bad one it's bad Mm. and if it's the good one it's still bad yeah. Um there's like a 10% chance that it's just like a bacterial infection which is less bad. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we're just kind of hanging out, holding pattern. And sure. then on top of that, um there are protests everywhere and people are getting just beat up by cops and tear gassed and shot with rubber bullets and yeah. arrested for no reason and a lot of bad stuff is happening. <laughs> um the, it is not did, good. Did you you saw the seventy five year old guy thing today? The Buffalo one. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that I crazy? I don't absolutely. I, so I don't follow anyone from Buffalo. Yeah. Maybe I actually probably don't follow follow anyone from Buffalo. So I actually don't get very much local news at all. I get it through my family members basically because I'm not on yeah. Facebook. Um, and then I just saw that. And, it's you know, I mean, it's, and it's crazy because that, that feels like, I feel like, I mean, I'm from a small city and I imagine, I just envision if I was from a bigger city, I don't know, like, but like that square, like city hall that he would mm-hmm. like, that's our city hall. It's like right there. That's like, yeah. uh, it's not, I don't live in New York city. It's not, it feels very connected. So, um, so that was interesting because it's definitely isn't everything in Buffalo, generally anything that's happening on a global scale or in an, on a national scale and in Washington, New York, Buffalo has like a tiny percent of it, you know, right. like for all of our things, it's just a very small version of the thing. Um, so anyway, I didn't, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild to see that. And then not long after there was a guy who, 
um, who ran uh, the head of a mosque or something in any from Tonawanda. Like I have tons of family in Tonawanda. It's 20 minute drive away, 25 minute mm-hmm. drive. And, uh, and they just came up and like mauled him and he was, he had his hands up and he was just talking to the, to the like cameras and they just totally mauled him. So it's totally yeah. nuts. Asheville, Asheville also, uh, hit national news the other day, um, because the Asheville PD, like the super sweet, nice people that they are. Uh, so they play they imposed a curfew, um, here. So 8 PM it's like it's a class two misdemeanor to be outside after eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at 8 PM, exactly. Uh, there was a medic station that was set up, um, by a bunch of doctors and nurses and EMTs who volunteered their time to basically be a medic station for protesters. So if you got tear gassed or shot or whatever mm-hmm. and needed emergency medical attention mm-hmm. they set up for that and they had a bunch of bottles of water for flushing people's eyes out from mm-hmm. tear gas and they had all sorts of first aid kits and all sorts of other stuff there mm-hmm. at 8 p.m a SWAT team probably 25 guys with shields and riot helmets and all of this stuff rolls up they walk straight to the medic tent they jack up all of these doctors and nurses against the wall and they destroyed all of the medical equipment and water they stabbed every single water bottle with a knife to make sure that it was useless and then they pepper sprayed all of the medical equipment so that it was completely unusable oh my gosh and it was i am i was so mad right because it's like i mean it's terrible that they're you know, shooting rubber bullets at protesters and tear gassing crowds with kids in them yeah. and just all of the terrible stuff that these cops are doing. Um, but that specifically seemed like so malicious and evil yeah. that it just was insane. So our police chief is like really trying to not get fired right now and is making a bunch of apology videos, but mm-hmm. like it's, I don't know, man. So anyway, we both live in small cities that hit the national news yeah. for having extremely terrible police recently. So yep. cool, super I, cool uh, world. Um, I didn't know how to put. Uh, I, it's something that I felt I don't know compelled to say that I didn't say on Twitter. That I'll say here that I don't know if it means anything, but basically, um, like my my uncle is was a Buffalo cop you know, my whole life, he's retired now after like a few years ago, um, massive racist, like big time. Like, you know, I grew up hearing the N word out of his mouth. Like, you know, he just huge racist and like in, uh, yeah. And so I don't know if anybody is like doubting what's going on. I know firsthand he was suspended because somebody got on video, um, him backhanding a black man, um, yeah. So, and he, he's a, you know, I mean, this is not the time to say he's a perfectly fine fellow, but he's like a good uncle with a good family, whatever. I'm not excusing anything. I'm not that close to right. him. What I'm saying is that like, it's all over the place and I can yeah. attest. Actually, there's two law enforcement. There's a, a state trooper in my family as well. And I can confirm that he is also a bigot. And the stuff that comes out of these guys' mouths at family parties is just sickening. So anyway, it's a real problem. Huge, huge problem. Yeah, it's it's totally wild, dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I can't speak to what's going on in the bigger cities. I've seen some of it on video, but I haven't experienced any of it firsthand. But just here in Asheville, like the way that the police are handling this is 
like insane. Um, just watching, just watching cops tear gas people is insane, right? And I'd never been tear gas before. It's a new thing for me, new experience. Um, Were you tear gassed? I wasn't. I wasn't there when the tear gas hit. Gotcha. Um, but I had to walk through a bunch of tear gas to get out of somewhere. Okay. Um, and just walking through tear gas after it had been there half an hour beforehand is really, really bad. Yeah. Um, I've gotten like, like secondhand pepper sprayed, like just the mist that you can't even yeah. see off yeah. of pepper spray. And it is not fun. Like, yeah. Just no. even that, you know, it's a, uh, I can't even imagine just seeing people just get like hammered with pepper spray. That's like, it's, it's really bad. And I mean, they're like, they're launching it, right? Like they've got like some sort of a grenade launcher type of thing that mm-hmm. launches tear gas right, grenades. Right. So, and they're also flashbanging mm-hmm. like, and like deafening and blinding people. It's, it's not good, you know, good. like it's really not good. Reporters um, as well. Yeah. I saw a really funny dark tweet that was just like, maybe the police misunderstood and thought we wanted more police brutality. <laughs> I know. Because it's just wild that in a in a protest, which is at its core about police being violent inappropriately, right, and like killing some killing an innocent person, right, that the response of police is like, all right, let's get the weapons and like go attack civilians. So I don't know. Yeah, I saw some. uh, It was like late night with Seth Meyers or something. There was some some bit about it's like it's like if. If you were a, uh, I don't know if you, I don't, I forget what it was, but if you were like in court for like infidelity and you're denying it and, and you're, um, and you, you like whisper to the judge, like, like, what are you doing after? What what, 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 what are you doing doing tonight? Like, uh, let's see what's under that, that cloak or something like that. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. So yeah, totally. Anyway. Anyway, um, we could spend the whole show recounting uh, various things that we've seen in person or on Twitter of cops being assholes. But I think everyone has probably had a whole week of that and uh, they don't need us to tell them about videos they've already seen on Twitter. That's true. Um, But yeah, shout out to Honey Badger uh, and go give some money to some bail relief organizations. <sighs> how about other things caleb how's your life deke deke you know me deke i'm on live wire and alpine all day every day what can i say envious you want you want to know an interesting development that happened this week you installed live wire in just yesterday just yesterday yeah. right okay. it's i want to say 6 35 p.m or something okay i get a dm from boss chris um and boss Chris says, hey, you around? And I say, yeah. And he says, can I show you something? And I say, yeah. And he starts screen sharing and showing me. We had been talking about making this like inline editable content thing for our CMS mm-hmm. so that uh, staff can basically just like, if they're logged in, like hover over a block of text and like edit it right there and save yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And he had it. And so it's like the Frolla... Um, which is like a rich text editor okay. JavaScript library. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like Frola and like you click the thing and you edit and then you press save and then it saves. And I was like, how does this work? And he was like, well, that's the thing. And then he shows it to me and uh, he built it with Livewire. Hey, nice. um, 
so it is uh so it's frola so it's alpine wrapping up frola and oh. then and collecting collecting alpine. the data <laughs> from frola and passing it up to livewire yeah um, interesting which is interesting yeah that's um i mean that's that's one of the money patterns that i i highly recommend taking whatever third party library you use for your input thing instead of using you know at least the way i currently my current recommendation is if you're not bought into a big you know um what's uh like view press or no what's the what's the like you know like material ui kit for view sure 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 view, yeah. whatever but like if you haven't bought in completely to like a ui kit um rather than going and downloading a bunch of random view packages or i'm just picking on view but whatever ecosystem mm-hmm. you know um use their use the like dedicated vanilla javascript like the good one that that the view wrapper was made off of probably yeah um use that and then wrap it up if you're using view with view or with uh or obviously with alpine is sort of meant for this kind of thing and then uh, put those in a blade component and then put it in your live wire component that's that's the sauce it sounds you know when i say it out loud i'm like wow i just described like three layers of things but um, yeah but i doesn't think there's room in the, i think there's a lot of room in the world for uh little packages that are just alpine wrappers around you know what i would rather see i would oh. rather see github gists of alpine wrapping packages uh, I, would, interesting. I would see i would rather i would prefer less projects i don't want a bunch of open source projects that do that because it's so much better because there's so many different needs the only cure is like put it in a github gist you know maybe make a community maybe make a you know maybe there's a maybe alpine creates this that there's alpine bits or something because i mm-hmm. think alpine snippets are super handy yeah um and a lot of people think oh i want to turn this into a package but yeah packages it's like you get into bundling you get into shipping you get into versioning and and now you have a whole project even like which package manager should this go on right is this an npm package is this a composer package because i want to use this in blade files it would be kind of nice if this was a blade partial or a right yeah if it's a live wire related thing for sure or even Um, if it's not but it's like a something that you would yeah right blade blade component yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, it's interesting to see how all that stuff shakes out. I'm not, um, you know what, here's here's like a, something that I keep thinking, I've thought about the whole time, but it just always keeps coming back and I want a name for it. Yeah, This go idea on. of like, of not doing anything that doesn't feel like perfect, like it fits perfectly. Like that's mm. just, like just being patient with things that aren't good and letting them simmer. We've talked about simmering, but sure. like. Um, Gotta simmer. Yeah. Like, I mean, Alpine in general, like I think we're, I. I like I I see the potential for crazy things with a lot of things, but I try to only actually build what fits perfectly, you know, right? Like like the file upload being wire model. That's it. No API necessary. Like I, I, I avoid anything that I have to create a new name or a new word in the API. Like I generally stop and say, you know, is there a way to fit this into the existing system? Like there's more flexibility we could add to the event system. But I don't want to just add a ton of methods you'll never remember, you know, called like emit event to ID. Emit, you know what I mean? I, I want to like challenge it and be like, is there a way to use our existing system or is there a different system we could move everything to that would right. handle these cases more flexibly? I don't know. But but it has sort of been my philosophy is like just waiting until something fits perfectly in the slot to execute on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know? There's um, some pre- go ahead. Le- you were doing a big rewrite of some things. 
Was I? Yeah. Last time we talked, which has been a while. Okay. Um, you were like secretly rewriting Alpine. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's still going to happen. I am probably just going to punt my work and use it as a reference to re- rebuild another version, uh-huh. which is another, you know, we've talked about this. When I told you that I that I wiped my whole day, day's worth of work, two days worth of work with nah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... And I think, didn't you say that? Or maybe someone else I was talking to said that was like, well, it's actually probably a good programming practice to just like throw out a day of work and redo it because... I didn't say that. You did not say that. I would not say that, though. No. Yeah. But the person who said it, I gener- I do agree. When that happened, I thought, maybe you'll just have to rewrite it because if you rewrite it, you're going to do it better than you did. It's, it's going to be cleaner know, this time than it was last time. It's going to be cleaner for sure. But I did not want to rewrite it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it is, it's there. Basically, Alpine V3, in my mind, I want it to be... I don't want to do something until, I don't know. I want it to be bulletproof. I want it to be faster than everything. I want it to be as fast as it can humanly possibly be. I want it to have amazing docs, a totally dedicated doc section. I want to have education. I mean, I want it to be this huge thing. And uh, I'm in no rush. And I don't think anybody else is either. I don't think anybody's like itching for it. Yeah. Alpine's like great as it is right now. Right. I want to push to the next level. And there's a few things that I want to change about the API. Um, but very, very minor things like, you know, money sign L. I don't know if you've encountered yep. that. I want, I want every expression to be able to use a magic money sign L and it'll be the element that the expression is run on rather than the root element. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause you end up doing all this event dot target stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be great if you just did money sign L wherever you did it, it's going to match the element that the directive is on. Yeah. What do you think about, um, documenting the like underscore X Oh, so that's the other thing is I want to make a tool that makes that a first party citizen with no underscores. Okay, good, good, good. So I, I could have seen you going either way on this. Uh huh. Right. I could have seen you saying like, I want to make this a first party citizen. I want to like make this a robust framework where you can do cool, interesting stuff by like directly accessing the component. Right. And I could have seen you going like, eh, that's for view. That's not for us. No, it's even more for us. Good. I, see I like you, Caleb. I like you. I think you're. I think you're a good smart boy, and you should keep <laughs> having those instincts. Thanks, Deacon. Yeah, but because that, I agree. Because we just did that. We did some underscore xing at work. Sweet, dude. And I mean, once you build the thing, you realize that like that that underscore underscore x. So it, the listener, when you're on when Alpine initializes the user, a component, yeah. the user, the um the div or the element that it initializes on that DOM element, like if you dot query selector it out of the DOM has a property now called underscore underscore x which is the alpine object for that component um yeah and on that object there's a dot money sign data there's a data property that is the data of that component and it's reactive Mm -hmm. so you can manipulate it in any way you want and -hmm. your component will react i was reminded of this today i'm working on a talk i'm doing an alpine talk on friday and Mm. yeah js nation live have you heard of this Mm-mm. I don't think anybody has. I think it's, I, I don't know if this is a super popular conference that everybody knows about except for me or some like elaborate marketing ploy that, or maybe it's brand new or maybe, I don't Apparently there's 25,000 attendees. What? And that's what it says on the website. And there's other, the other speakers are like Microsoft workers and Adobe and like, wild. Yeah, they invited me because I'm an Alpine speaker. 
and they put me like up at the top you're kind of the alpine speaker aren't you oh because i wrote alpine i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but, you're kind uh, of the big dick swinging in the alpine speaker world <laughs> yeah. so anyway um so who knows i don't know what this is but uh alpine is nominated for uh an award really the js nation live javascript awards does it come with money no of what? course what's the point of having an award that doesn't come with money well i haven't i wasn't told that it comes with money so that's the thing it's this whole thing to me like my twitter <laughs> blew up with notifications of like as soon as you were announced meet me at js nation live you know and i'm like okay either there's a million people going and the one percent that actually clicks on those tweet about it did it or this yeah. is or they paid everybody or these are hacked accounts or you know what it probably is all the graphql people that we don't personally know <laughs> you know Maybe. it's all these like apollo js yeah. and like it's it's those people who like i bet zach silviera who uh is one of my twitter friends who used to live in Asheville, who i met on the plane back from laracon one time mm-hmm. um but he's now like a big time okay. like graphql javascript person gotcha. i bet zach knows all these knows people all i bet he's game. i bet he's deep in the game with js nation live jen looper you've heard that name right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so she's speaking who is she she's at microsoft i don't know but i've just heard her name a bunch jen looper, jen looper, jen looper. she's up there and like developing. seems like a shop talk show probably would have been a place where i heard of her uh john papa or papa you heard of that guy maybe He's got like 100,000 Twitter files. This is the only reason I think this thing isn't a joke because I look at the other speakers and they're like legitimate people. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand what this is. But um, anyway. This is going to be great for the podcast, Caleb. What? Oh. We're going to get a whole We're gonna get a whole new yeah. audience Dude, of JavaScript good. Remind people. me to talk about it. I just forgot. Absolutely. Caleb, let, let this be a standing reminder. Do you have a <laughs> template? Do you have a template that you use when you make slides? There will be no slides. Oh, oh no slides i'm Hell not gonna yeah. do even a single slide that's very cool I have 20 you. minutes and then i'm just gonna share my screen i might put comments of the slides and delete them to like go uh-huh. to the next slide just delete like yep, yep, comments. Yep. will tell the people tell the people about the podcast caleb yeah yeah you know we're over here languishing in obscurity in the laravel world yeah and yeah. now you've got now you've got this broad reach to the the entire js nation live audience which right. as now. we know is massive <laughs> who in the world knows this so this this award i'm nominated side by side it's a major award it's a big time award i got a dedicated email and everything you've congratulations you've been nominated from a person who said this and but i but i saw that it's jason js nation live and i'm like i don't whatever but i've been i, I won't i won't shit on it just yet but yeah um and I'm, it's not worthy of you in case i win no so this is guess who i'm running up against the category is breakthrough tech guess uh-huh. what i'm running up against i'm actually going to pull up the email and uh so js nation live who are you up against you gotta guess um yeah so this is so okay is it things perfect. that came I'll, out I'll read you the email and then you fill in the blank so perfect i am so excited alpine js is the most competitive cat is in the most competitive category alongside colon it so just, just give me are these like frameworks are these like no is it, is yes it like tinder no. <laughs> right Okay, so I just want to let you know that Alpine got nominated for this year's JS Open Source Awards that will take place on June 18th during the JS Nation Conference. Alpine got nominated for Breakthrough of the Year category alongside a few other awesome projects. So the other projects are Svelte, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Dino. Uh-huh. Tailwind. Uh-huh. And Eleventy. I don't know what Eleventy or Dino are. Oh, dude. So I don't actually wait, wait, know. Wait, no, I do know what Dino 11, is. Dino yeah. is the new node, right? Yeah, it's the new node. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know about Dino. Like from What's... what I understand, we I, well, people say that we're not going to say node anymore, and I think we're always going to say node. I don't know, but Dino mm-hmm. is like I guess the next node runtime. It's from the node creator and is like a new sort of JavaScript backend. Yeah, it's a new runtime for Java. Yes. Yeah. Same yeah. letters as node. Yeah, just flipped around. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if Alpine wins, <laughs> I'm going to be ashamed. Because uh-huh. <laughs> because a side project seven kilobyte library shouldn't beat Dino, but um, <laughs> or Svelte that's or funny. Svelte right yeah. But my guess is Svelte has been nominated last year. If this had, yeah. if this even existed last year, who knows, man? Dude, Dude I feel like JS weird... Nation Live is a brand new thing. Dude, like I, I feel, think you know what I think. Someone had like a COVID quarantine idea for a conference. It was like, dude, let's pull something together, dude. No, I agree. I I think that um. Hannah got a hold of my host file and sent me a email. <laughs> She's trying to give me a little confidence. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this doesn't actually exist. Well, you'll know if you win, right? If you if you beat Dino, dude. Okay. So wait, what's eleven D? So, uh, oh, I've just heard about it. I don't actually know. It's just one of those things that gets talked about. Eleven T is a simpler static site generator there oh, you go okay. no one cares about it. So static site generators are very very 2018 i never cared about static site generators except for static i love you static <laughs> which um, i do i do have a static site but yeah static yeah, site but like but like making a new static site generator as yeah, like yeah, your yeah, hot yeah. project is so 2018 and right we're exactly over yeah right like adam was doing that 10 years ago with uh not 10 years ago but with yigsaw, yigsaw. yeah um, so yeah it's like get over yourself static sites yeah. um why don't you be more dynamic have you ever heard of php <laughs> seriously the, the way i think is like why would i have a static site my you know the people can afford the 10 milliseconds that allows me to basically perform dark magic. black wizard magic <laughs> yeah yeah you know maybe it's worth 10 milliseconds for me to literally do sorcery before your eyes <laughs> i know i know <laughs> but does it serve at the edge oh, is it cacheable with uh google what's the google thing amp. google amp my gosh right Ugh. yeah Ugh. you know se- uh, 10 milliseconds difference uh makes a uh, <laughs> makes your conversions or what 10 millisecond difference increases your bounce rate by 50 percent hmm if you bounced in 10 milliseconds, I don't want you on my website anyway. What is... Go fuck yourself. I You're know. not welcome here. <laughs> what is this? 40 millisecond load time. No. This is 150. <laughs> Can you imagine being the, being the person who browses the web that way? Like, literally, you are unable to go to a website that doesn't load within, like, 40 milliseconds. I can't work like this. You just spend your whole day clicking links and then so like right, back, 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 back. No, yep. take me back to the Google homepage. That's the only place I feel comfortable. What happened to being reasonable? What happened to like, call mm. me crazy, but if a website You're takes crazy. You know, five seconds to load, I get it. Close it. Even that I wouldn't, but still do it. If you go to a website and it hijacks your scroll and there's like two megabyte images everywhere, yeah. I get it. I'm out. You used the stock WordPress theme. You should get off the internet. 
I'm yeah. with you. Well, also, like, Caleb, your but website. every other website <laughs> that's, like, loads and, you know. Also, your website's super fast. That <clears throat> is true, but you are on the like, East Coast. Yeah, but, I mean, it's super fast because it has no images that it needs to transmit to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, hey, uh, you got a browser that knows HTML? Great. Here's a website. Yep. You do have that oh, fave man. icon, though. Yeah, I do. So that's that emoji fave, which I guess I think you can do now bites. without actually loading the image. Mm, true, yeah. true, 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 true. But yeah, man, what's the whole payload of my site? I think it's getting bloated. I think I put Livewire on it. Oh, I don't know. Let's take a look. Network. Probably Reload. almost like 70 kilobytes of JavaScript. Um, let's see. No. I don't know how to see the total, but I can see all of the individuals and it looks like around that's 45. No, it's not even, it's probably low, low fifties, maybe a 60. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, boy. You've got, um, you've got Alpine JS. What's ck.5.js? Oh, convert kit. Oh, convert kits. How much is that? 15 KB. 15. Yeah. Dude. You know, what's crazy. It's crazy that Alpine is less than eight kilobytes of JavaScript and mm-hmm. convert kids like email form is 15. But not only that, uh, pick a day JS, super lightweight, pure JS library is really uh-huh. small, but it's still more than Alpine. Like they're just like every. And every, it's funny because like, you could build all of those JS? things in Alpine. I know. For way smaller. I don't know. I'm saying some, uh, I'm saying some, um, you just lighting I'm fires saying, and walking away like yeah, a good exactly, responsible yeah. adult. <laughs> but for real, when you actually look at like JavaScript payload size, you know, all I don't know, the framework battles over payload size. I get it because I'm in it. I get mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I have a fetish for, for my single digit kilobyte JavaScript library. Sure. sure. But every package is a million kilobytes of JavaScript. Every package you pull in. Yep. If it's 30, you're doing great. Yep. You know, you're definitely pulling in 200 to 500 kilobytes of JavaScript. I yeah. remember I didn't run the minifier. I'd like, oh, I because I would commit my JavaScript files with Laravel Mix. He who has not done this and listens to the show, throw the first stone. Okay. He who has not NPM run production and then committed and then those committed assets yeah. and then realized that they're shipping two and a half megabytes of JavaScript with a production SaaS app, throw the first stone. Okay. Yep. Ah. Ah. Ah, Deke. So I was, that whole JS Nation Live thing is a tangent. For me saying that Alpine (laughs) V3, nobody's knocking down the doors for V3, but I want it to be a big thing. Is that what I was going to say? I don't know. I remember you starting a sentence with Alpine JS version three. And then, and then it ended with talking this. about the JS Nation Live. But I don't know what you were going to say about it. I don't know, man. But uh, Alpine V3 is going to have alpine.component. So you can register a component. It's, Interesting. Um, it's going to have server-side rendering. It's going to have... Uh, it's going to have server-side rendering. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> like, what? Just, you know. um, single file components, single file alpine components. Um, <laughs> no, it's going to have... Uh, it's going to have... It's going to have... Uh, an event life cycle of with like component will receive props component did receive props <laughs> yeah so 
there's going to be alpine dot component. There's going to be alpine dot directive, and there's going to be alpine dot um, oh state or store. And we're introducing alpine a new library store. called Alpine Redux. Basically, I mean, I'm gonna. It's gonna now have a global store, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be but the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's not Is gonna it, have any like reducers or anything. It's just gonna be like yeah, yeah, a global object. Is it kind of like React's um, contexts? No. Oh, you so know what? The, it probably how does the actually, store work? You know, the whole thing is going to be React contexts. This is the thing. Right. I forgot about this. Alpine V3. We've talked about this. Every component's going to inherit the scope of its parent. Yes. So it's like it's all contexts all the way down, sort of. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So your so store you have, is just like an extra context. We talked but, about... Well, actually, um, it's named, but... We talked about whether or not you would have access to a given... So that's not exactly like contexts. Right. Because um, it's not opt-in or it's not like named and named and accessed. Right. Right. But the store is like context because it would be named and accessed. So, yes. Wait, I don't understand. Well, Alpine V3 is going to have the concept of a state manager. Like you can create a store. And they will be named. Yeah. And so then like you could define a state, a store yep. is what you're calling them, right? Yep. You could define a store somewhere and yeah. then somewhere lower down, just make a tag that says like access this store. And yes. then within that tag, you have, you're in that scope. Yep. Okay. That's exactly like context. Very yep. cool. Yep. Oh, and the, the new architecture as it stands doesn't have objects for components. It's totally functional. There's like, I don't think there's any classes and objects at all. Like, like that, like class objects, you mm-hmm. know, obviously there's objects, but um, it's so, all objects. Yeah. Each, right. <laughs> each component. It's actually not um all each component um is going to like like you said like we said before with dot underscore underscore x you know where it's component dot data basically it's only going to have its data okay and then what where's all the other stuff good question it doesn't exist well it exists in it's hard to describe it's all runtime calculated. There's no, no nothing else lives oh. anywhere. I guess it lives in so like so because they're, they're all kind of like static methods or whatever. They're like stateless methods that can yeah, just, kind just of like be calculated from the data. They're all in hooks, like hung out there in the JavaScript runtime. Like uh, so, the way New Alpine will work is when it crawls the DOM, when it gets to like X show or something that little evaluation that Alpine does, you know, the mm-hmm. Alpine will have some core function called like do show on L, whatever you pass in an element. Like this is all under the hood. Yeah. And I'll wrap that call in an observable. Gotcha. So that any data that is used to fire that method, when the data is changed, it will rerun that method automatically. Cool. So it's all just hanging out there. And then I'll use mutation observer to react to changes on the DOM so that if huh. you, modify the expression or add a new element then i'll then i'll add i'll do the evaluation from mutation observer and now it's locked in you know Hmm. like bound you know so what um here's the thing i want to know now that i have source dove some alpine to figure out how to do something in alpine that wasn't officially supported by the docs yeah what is the what's the other thing that i should find in source diving alpine that i that's like cool that i can do that's not officially supported that you're doing all the time (laughs) that i'm doing all the time uh probably nothing i like there's no like hidden apis that are really cool 
Livewire has them, but Alpine? What are the Livewire ones? So I actually just added a new API and didn't document it. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, here's I have well, a couple of those in Ziggy. Or I guess whoever owned Yeah. Titan has a couple of those in Ziggy. <laughs> oh, actually, dude. I mean, let me think about this. Yeah, I mean, LiveWire's JavaScript is yeah. loaded with hooks, that things that you could hook into. Really? Uh, like and what kind the of PHP. Because every feature for me is generally like almost like a plugin. I try yeah, to make yeah. it like a plugin. So yeah. you could actually create like so much stuff. Um, we talked about our, our app modules thing, right? That know. we're doing at work? I don't know. Dude, let me talk about this for a second, because if you don't know about this, I want your opinion on this. Okay. So we built this thing called Modular, um, and it's an app module thing for our app um, that basically, uh, it first of all, it adds like an artisan command that's like artisan make module, okay. um, which then... Do we know so, what modules are yet, or are you going to reveal this? I'm revealing what modules are. Okay. But basically, modules are like packages but if you didn't want to like write a package and have it have its own git repo and all of that other stuff you just wanted to consolidate a bunch of functionality in one place yeah um and so like we recently is this in the the context of a laravel backend yes this is a laravel app okay so like um we recently made this uh webinars portion of our website right Oh, um, so you have so, like a module has a routes file and control. A module has a routes file. It oh, has boy. it has like a whole app directory. Oh my gosh. Right? Tests as well. It has tests. Dearest me. It has migrations. It oh, has service providers. It has anything you want. And all of those things just get wired up in the same way as everything else. Tickle me Elmo. Um, and you basically compose or install them with symlinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you just kind of have access to them. It's wow. really, really cool. And the best thing about it is that if you have to edit some code that's in a module, you just open the module and you can see the entire directory structure of everything that touches this feature mm-hmm. right yeah. right here right. within like four inches of screen real estate. Yeah. It's you know, because it's like, oh, like here's the two migrations and the one seeder and the three tests and the two controllers and the one routes file. Oh my gosh, Deke, I so dig that. It's so like hot, this. Dude. This is a dangerous, not a dangerous thing. It's um, this is a daring move that like it would take a lot for me to to get to the point of like, see, like I see immediately that it's a fantastic idea, but. You know, like I would be so but you hesitant. Could, you could to overreach with the, it. Yeah, exactly. So I'd be so yeah. hesitant to move towards something like this. But conceptually, dude, yeah. absolutely. And, and so the t- and we also just uh, upgraded to Laravel seven. So now we have Blade components. So literally, my whole sh- life now is like app modules and Blade components, and it's so hot. Like I love it. Like every time I every time I open a ticket, I'm like, okay. Does this need a Blade component or an app module? If not, I'm a little bit sad and I'll yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> do it quickly to get it out of the way Yeah. so that I can then have like some time to work on something that's in a module or a Blade component. Dope. So yeah, dude, writing Laravel might be better than it's ever been right now. Like, that's crazy. It is wild. I mean, it makes sense. Co-locate. This is the, I recorded a building live wire on the like, you know, the everlasting developer trade-off of categorizing by function or by feet by function or by feature 
you know by category yeah right so this is type. both this is a yeah. matrix of categorization you're categorizing right. by feature and by function right you have your feature which is a module and then the function which is your web.php and your controllers yeah and also we fantastic we have extensions for all of the uh artisan make commands okay Specify so the module i can do and it'll pop artisan up yeah artisan make model dash dash module webinars is and this like an all internal thing? Yeah. We're modular is going to become public at some point. Interesting. So in the the crazy thing is modular is itself a module. Mm. Right? Like it's a package, but it doesn't have its own repo. It's just in our app registered <laughs> through modular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really wild. That is extremely wild. It's pretty cool. Like we're having we're having fun over here. Dude, doing that some is cool, cool man. I mean, I'm all about co-locating related code. I'm yeah. all about putting something behind a wall that you could theoretically just like unplug it and throw it away. Yeah. And life would go on. It's when those it's when that promise has too many other trade-offs to be valuable. But it sounds like you've kind of struck a good Yeah. Thing. And we also have like all of um we have all of this sort of like convention stuff that we've built up with it. So like there's like hinting on all of the uh, view names. Okay. Right. So like it's like webinars colon colon mm. front end dot index. Right, 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 right. right, right, right. And so Names, because of automatic that. Automatic view namespacing. Automatic view namespacing. Ooh. So because of that, now we have a convention that we also do that with route names. So oh, all the route names are webinars doodles. colon colon. You can namespace route names? You can put any prefix you want on route names. And so we just wanted it to look like the hinting on the view names. Yeah, boy. And so it's really, really hot. Like if you look at our code, like anytime you see webinars colon colon, you're like, oh, this is from that the module. Module, yeah. It's it's just really, really nice. That is and, really cool. And you're, um, you get to you know define composer namespaces for your modules. Hmm. So yeah, like so you can uh, have all of the webinars code is in like internachi slash modules slash webinars. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Instead of being in like app slash whatever. Right, right, right. Um, yep. It's really cool. Like I, I'll show you one at some point, um, but it's really, it's just like a nice way to work. And if someone is out for the day and like there's a bug in a feature that they just shipped and you need to like jump in and fix it, it's so easy to learn what they've been working on for the last four weeks sweet because like all of the code is right, right there it's in that thing oh, and man. like you know like you know for the, here's the thing like here's the thing about discoverability on features right is like you can say like someone can say like hey i've been working on this webinar system and you can go look at okay you're like okay where do i start oh well look at the webinars routes in the route file right and that'll show me the webinar controllers i assume there's a webinar model okay look that one has a relationship to a webinar category model so that exists you know and like you, that's how you would start exploring, like, how does this feature work? But you would always have in the back of your mind, is there some other hidden code somewhere that impacts this system in this app that I don't know about, right? Is there a middleware that is just called something that doesn't have the word webinar in it, so I'm not finding it in my global search? Is there, you yep. know, is oh, yeah. w there's some code oh, somewhere I that does see, something yeah. that I don't know about. But here it's like, I just have certainty that nothing in this code base impacts this feature that is not in this directory. So if you, you know I browse so this cool directory. If the API for it was like, so I create a new module called mm -hmm. webinars, hypothetically, yeah. I'm just going to pull sure. the name out of thin air. 
It's called webinars. And mm-hmm. I create, so I have a modules folder. I create a module called webinars. It starts off empty. I mean, maybe there's some scaffolding, whatever. But in my perfect world, mm-hmm. I only introduce the folders and files I need. And they, they perfectly mirror an actual Laravel app. So I can add route slash web.php. Right. So it'll be merged with the real route. I can add resources slash views. You know what I mean? So that's exactly what happens. Oh, really? Um, Except we scaffold a little bit more than that. Right. But that's, that's the deal. But that's exactly how it works. If I want to find a middleware, I go in like your module folder slash app slash HTTP slash middleware. And then your middleware. Um, I don't know if we're actually wiring up middleware yet because we just haven't had a need for it. Okay. All right. No problem. But like, Basically, we've wired up individual features as we need yeah, them. Yeah, like console, so, like app slash console slash. Yeah, so routes get registered if they're in the routes directory. Views get registered if they're in the views directory. Uh, controllers and models and uh, service providers and everything. Like, it's all directory based, except for, I think, the providers you actually have to add. Um, but you could, they're auto-detected. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's just cool. I really like that. That is, um, that is very cool. Yeah, it feels cool. Like it feels like we're like, it's fun to like innovate as a team and come up with a, mm-hmm. a cool way to write code as a team, and then just like try it and do it, and it works. I'm sure there's lots of trade offs in places where things. Should... I don't think we've run into a single trade off yet. So what about migrations? If you like, like have these migrations in a module and then you like unplug a module, but you've basically removed a migration. Yeah, we've never unplugged a module, so we don't know. <laughs> right. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering if there's like something you need in the user model from a module. So you have to add something to the user model that's in like the root namespace that a specific yeah, so module the, and that's cares the about. Thing with these like is like our official position on these is like, don't over engineer these to be too independent from the code base. Right, because these are part of the code base, right? So you can make relationships to non-module gotcha. models, and that's fine. The idea with these is like these are things that might one day be useful to package up to use somewhere, or and that are just... so independent that we just want to leave them, yeah, isolated, yeah. right? And so, like the thing about webinars is like webinars have no relationships to other models; mm-hmm. they're only related to webinar categories right which is another model within the module Mm. and so because it's such a good candidate to ball up as a module because like it doesn't have 50 relationships to users and accounts and members and all of the other like grade a models of our app yep so yeah i don't know it's very interesting but we you're allowed to right so like you're allowed to make a module that has a user dependency right um that's fine because we're not we're not being too sacrosanct about you know keeping these things totally isolated like this is code and it's part of an app and it needs to interact with the app yep so i don't know it's pretty cool yeah that is cool i dig it is cool mitch is um so you and mitch are the people who know the most about LiveWire without actually really knowing LiveWire itself without having sure. used it much. Sure. Um, I'm not sure Mitch has ever used it on his own. Probably not. But, you know, I can talk about like the deepest, highest level stuff and he can just track, you know, same, same yeah, as yeah. you. Um, so it's an interesting thing. But so you're using potentially going to be using LiveWire and he just finally upgraded his app to 5.6, which is hilarious. 
But he feels like he's like on the cusp of newness. He's like, yeah, yeah. finally got it to 5.6. He's like, I just put this, the story in the, in the sprint and just was like, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. 5.6. We're doing it. Yeah. And he actually got flack for it. But, um, but anyway, cause 5.6 is the lowest we support. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm like, dude, Mitch, I support 5.6 for you, man. Yeah. Get Work there. with me here. Get there. <laughs> So now That's he's going to be using it, which is cool. Um, and he's like an extremist. He's a blade uh-huh. extremist. He really is. He's like, dude, yeah, yeah. he was freaking out yesterday. He's like, dude, I don't care at all about Ajax requests. I'll toggle a modal all day with an Ajax request. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's so much more <laughs> concerned funny. about like maintainability and rock yeah, solid yeah, yeah. PHP backend than, than like a, some theoretical JavaScript god in the sky. Dope. So that's going to be fun. Mm, yeah. That is fun. You know. But yeah, dude, Chanel. this file upload thing, it's so close. It's so yeah. close. Deke. Do we talk about the file upload? Yeah, we did. Last episode, did. that's what we talked about. I. It's crazy that it's still going on. Mm-hmm. It's just such a freaking big feature. Yep. It's really... Uh, oh, we know. It's it's insane. But yeah. but dude, it's all... Oh, did I... T- I told you... We talked about the temporary URL thing, right? Yeah. So I saw that you added FilePond. Oh yeah, but we yeah. haven't talked about the fact that you added file pond. We should talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, so last episode, you told me about your file uploader. I told you about our file uploader, and right, uh, you file, use file pond, pond has. We use file pond. Okay, yeah. Um, ah, sweet. And so we were talking about how file pond has all these features like right. progress bars and blah 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 blah. Yep. Very nice. And you can integrate it with their little image editor to do cropping and all this other crazy stuff if you want to. And uh, then like two days later, Caleb sends me a screenshot of I didn't send X it to you. Input file pond. This was tweeted, uh, right? Did I send it to you? Oh yeah, you tweeted it. Sorry. And then yeah. I sent it to you saying dude. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I forgot that you use FilePond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you did it because we talked about FilePond and how much better it level. was. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Oh, so I looked. I just took a peek at how Simplecast handles file uploads on mm-hmm. their old, the good Simplecast app, not the mm-hmm. new one. The one before it got bad. Yeah. Yeah, the one before it's horrible. Yeah. And uh, I just did some like uh, Dev Tools inspection, and it is what I was kind of hoping. It's not a third-party library. They use an input type file. Mm-hmm. that's hidden on the page and they they use a label tag with a four for that id and then the yeah. label is the thing that you can drop a file over yep. you can it shows the progress bar and all that um which is so easy to do with alpine and mm-hmm. with because so now you can use liveware for to wire model your file on that hidden input and then mm-hmm. you do whatever you want with the label whatever you want progress drop over drag and drop i mm-hmm. did a i did a little test run with drag and drop and it works fine okay so decal. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Drag and drop probably just works if you drag it onto a label. <gasps> I think it does. Ooh, my Atlanta. Okay. I'm glad we talked about this. Decal. Yeah. But FilePond is really good and a lot of people use it. Yep. So this is a good example of this thing I don't have a word for where like I just ignored third party integrations in FilePond because I, this, it's been pretty much true so far that if I follow the next perfect thing in my mind it will lead me to the right place yes. like it it generally doesn't lead me astray and if i looked yeah so i'm like really nearsighted you know so i didn't like mm-hmm. start by looking at file pond and all these things i started with input type file wire model 
Yes. And like nail that to like worship the, the, the majority case. Yep. And then see if the ducks fall in a row. Is that a yep. metaphor uh-huh. about ducks? So Ducks in a row. Ducks in a row. Let the, let the chips fall where they will in a row. So, Deke. Yes. So, I went to integrate with FilePond and I went, okay. So, FilePond expects you to pass them a URL. Sure. So, you just pop in FilePond, good to go. Okay, I can do that with Alpine. So easy, good to go. Sure. But you can't control an input type file with FilePond, much to my dismay. So, it's not okay. just going to work with LiveWare out of the box, unfortunately. Okay. okay. So, they have hooks. Or they have this, you know, you pass in a URL to, to upload via Ajax. And I'm like, okay, maybe I do that. I don't know. I just wasn't sure. Here's what I did. So they have What'd a hook do? in their example, in their docs called, basically you can pass in an options object mm-hmm. where you can hook into the uploading of a file, the removing yes. of a file, stuff like that. Yes. And it's just a callback. They yes. give you the ability to even construct your own XHR requests. Like completely, you know, Uh like you could pass in the URL or you could literally take control of the whole thing and they pass you a request and execute it. Yeah. They give you a few callbacks like progress to increment progress. They give you load to finish load. So you have full control. So here's what I did. I was like, what if live? Sounds like some cool dudes made that. Yeah. 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 I agree. Do you know them? No. Okay. So here's what I did. I was like, what if all you had to do? was in this file pond options object where I forget the actual word for upload. It's not upload, but let's just say it's upload. The key is upload. The value is a function that you get the file name. You get the load callback, the the finish callback, the error callback, the progress callback, all from file pond. And then their example docs, they build up a whole XHR request by hand and show you that example, right? Okay. Okay. Well, instead of doing any of that, here's what you do. One line of JavaScript. It's okay. No, that was for one oh, line. Oh, one line, okay. I was holding up a finger. It right. threw you off. At this, you know at this? Uh, we got to no. start by knowing at this. What okay. is at this? <laughs> so at this is a blade directive that LiveWire components have access to that literally spits out window.livewire.find and then the unique ID of that. Oh, so it component. gives you access to the JavaScript object of the LiveWire component? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's insanely That's... useful. I'm probably going to change it to at wire in the next version or maybe in the current version. Okay. But because uh, some people, I don't know. What do you think? At wire or at this? I think at this is sexier. I do too. That's why I did it. Hmm. Okay. Deke. Yeah. So at this, you can do at. All right. Well, get this while I'm, while I'm showing you this, get this. At this in a, in a script tag in your live wire component, you can do at this dot get to get a piece of data in JavaScript from the LiveWire component, dot set Wild. to set a piece of data as if it was typed into an input field or whatever. It'll do the whole round trip, everything. Dot call to call a method on your LiveWire component and dot emit to emit and dot on to listen for an event emitted by your LiveWire component. All of those things are available to you with JavaScript. So basically, this is headless LiveWire. This is like, I mean, it's actually a crazy feeling to have like a LiveWire component on the page and go to your dev tools and get the the component object in JavaScript and type yeah. dot call or dot set and something and yeah, see yeah. the page just react. You're like, yeah. wait a minute. That's silly. Yeah. So I added a new method called upload. Okay. So it's dot upload. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm... Wait, maybe I'm not. Forget it. 
dot upload, you pass in the name of the, so if it's public money sign photo, you know, sure. that's your property. Then you pass in photo. You pass in the string photo and then you pass in a file, like a JavaScript sure. file object. Mm-hmm. And then you get three callbacks, one for the finished state, one for the errored state, and one for the progress update. Okay. Okay. So those three callbacks. So with FilePond, you can just forward all the callbacks. So the FilePond integration, you know, gives you this load callback, mm-hmm. the load option with a callback that it passes you all these functions that you should call like load and errored and progress. You can just forward them. So you can take those parameters and literally do like at this dot upload photo, then the file, then the exact parameters from FilePond. So like load, errored, progress. Yeah, you're yeah. just forwarding the callbacks to the LiveWire call. I designed the LiveWire callback to basically mirror, accept the file. Yeah, to just callbacks. accept yeah. them right away. That's so cool. now FilePond is a puppeteer, and there's and the integration is, is the puppet. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. That's I mean, cool. it's like ridiculous. Yeah, like you can use and your like, FilePond plugin. You can use for all kinds of things too. Oh, it, it seriously, it it's like kind of mind blowing. You you can yeah. like drag and drop a file in, and it just like the progress bar will load on FilePond and it's totally driven from LiveWire. And all I had to do was refactor the shit out of the out of the LiveWire JavaScript to support this. <laughs> right. But it was worth it. It's a good refactor. I'm glad I made it. But That's um, wild. So yeah. like what are other things that are kind of like this that aren't file upload, right? But are things that LiveWire might want to support. Yeah, I mean, you could do this with any JavaScript thing. Like, right, but the the thing about this is that you have an at upload method right. that is built into LiveWire. Are there other scenarios like this that you can think of where like you would build a bespoke method that took callbacks like this so that you could build a little wrapper? I don't know, man. I mean, Or is there a general case that we can think of where... You know, maybe the only... Nah, meh, meh. I don't know. I do not it's know, wild. Deke. It's wild. Because you can do, you know, like the thing, the thing that the, the next level LiveWire stuff that when you, when you learn how to use hydrate and dehydrate hooks, which this is stuff that doesn't really exist in the docs. So here this it is. This is just hidden but, API <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Because it's how I write everything, mm-hmm. you know, in live, because LiveWire is stateless. The, it gets dehydrated. Each component's dehydrated and sent to back and forth, you know? Sure. So basically there's hooks where you can hook into like literally, so I added this hook inside of a trait. If you create a decals trait trait that you can, it's called decals okay. trait, but it's a trait. Yeah, yeah. And you can add it to your live wire component in that, you know how in models you can do like, um, what is it? Like uh, initialize and then the trait name from a trait. You ever seen that? Sure. Oh, boot. You can, if you have like decals trait on a model, it'd be like mm-hmm. boot decals trait method. Yep. So I added that for traits in live wire where you can okay. do hydrate. I think it's called hydrate or hydrated. I don't know. It's like hydrate decals trait. And then it gets two parameters, a name and a value. And these are the values from the front end. So you can do any check you want. You can do the deserialization and serialization as you want it. It's hard to explain, but you could easily create a trait that like, I don't know. Dude, I can't even describe to you how much you can do with this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you understand? Not really. I don't, I, I can't, I don't see where I'm using it, but. All right. Let's say that I'm just, we're just going to do this quick and then we can move past it. Yeah, yeah. Let's say that you want to, the easiest thing I can explain. You want to, 
um, support Laravel collections as sure. properties of a LiveWire component. Okay. But if you think about it, collections aren't like JavaScript friendly data. That's right. a PHP object. Right. But you could just turn it into an array. Mm-hmm. You could do that. But then on the way back, like how does LiveWire know to turn it back into a collection? Mm-hmm. You know? So casters exist, but forget about casters. That's one way mm-hmm. you could do it. You create your trait called use collections. I don't know. Then you create, you have this dehydrate hook. So you'd say like dehydrate, use collections, whatever. That has two parameters, name and value. Tracking? Yes. You would say if value is type of collection, mm-hmm. then set this arrow name. So set the property to like a string called collection colon colon or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or you could do whatever you want. Oh, and then on the other side, you on check the whether side. the name is collection colon colon. Yes. And then and re- you transform it. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the trait has full access or full control of over... data going up and down. Yeah. So yeah. you can add a trait and all of a sudden, from a, just a developer's perspective, your LiveWire component can just, it just works. Like that. Like that's why from a LiveWire class with file uploads, you can always do this arrow photo and get an instance of the file. Right. So if you think about it, like there's no file going back and forth every time. Right, it's right, just an right, identifier right. that I know how to deserialize. And, and you're hooking onto the hook. So How I, does the order work? What order do those things process I don't in? know what to do with that. Uh, what happens now? Um, I forget. That's an interesting question. It is, because I thought about it too. Do people want to hook in before LiveWire does its stuff or after? And I'm pretty probably sure... Probably both. Probably both. Right. So maybe you can return a callback instead of just returning something and then i can do a check it's like oh if you return a callback defer that callback until the end you know like some way to just defer the hook uh yeah i would just add an optional parameter at the end that's like true what do you mean they're not you're not calling anything that's the thing no 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 no. but instead of saying like so you get name and value right yeah yeah so I would just add like name value and then like allow it to set something. I don't know if that works. No. Maybe I'm not visualizing the API. I love the pattern of just like, so currently you return the value every time. You're a middleware. Huh. Like if you return nothing, the property will get, every property will get set to nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's actually a dangerous API, which is why I wasn't sure about documenting it and telling everybody to use it. Because mm-hmm. like people could mess up stuff by introducing yeah, they could make tricks. livewire not work yeah they could easily make livewire not work <laughs> yeah, yeah which i don't know how to solve that but you can't solve that but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a good dangerous like you gotta have sharp knives this is a sharp ass knife yeah <laughs> but it's like what are you just gonna make dull knives yeah no i agree i mean i love sharp knives that's what i'm all about oh yeah big well, sharp knife guys I'm, over here yeah big into sharp knives we are so that's can i do a I knife have. promo real quick for yeah, a knife do. Please do. Okay. Shout out to um there's a knife that so I used to work in the restaurant game. There was this knife that one of the chefs I worked for named Blackwell Smith, chef of blacksmiths. Oh my gosh. Um he uh he had this knife, it's called the Wustoff Super Slicer. Okay. Um Wustoff is like a famous German knife company. Okay. Um they make good kitchen knives, although they've recently been getting worse. Other um, bad kitchen knives? 
Yeah, they're like kind of like the now somehow Wustoff has become like the Williams Sonoma like <laughs> store brand. Yeah, yeah. So like it's still fancy because it's like Williams Sonoma. Okay. Yeah. But like it's not like Wustoff anymore. It's like Wustoff. You can only buy them at Williams Sonoma right. now. The whole um, chefs having like uh, their name on like utensils and stuff. Is that mm-hmm. a is that a unique like funny thing about that industry or am I just forgetting that all other industries do this? I think everyone does it, right? Buy a tennis racket that doesn't have like Roger Federer's name on it. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about tennis or rackets. I but, don't either. Uh, I'm just assuming. But I'm big into Roger Federer, so uh, I got that reference at least. Yeah. Anyway, um, this knife is amazing. It's the Wustoff Super Slicer. It's kind of like a bread knife. Picture okay. a bread knife, yep. Caleb. Yep. It's got the little serrations. Yeah, tiny. Real tiny. But at the tips, the tips of the serrations are sharp. Yep. And then the the inner part of the serrations oh, like red are round. Knife. Like yeah. to not like a butter knife. <laughs> no, no, like a bread knife that you would use to cut bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about right? it. Got it. So yes. it's like sharp points. Yeah, but little rounded use. indents. Yeah. In the serrations, right? So it's yes. like a bunch of inner like a bow saw half inner half circles making points where they connect. Yep. Right. This is the exact opposite. So the... Oh, okay. Got it. The indents are sharp, but the outdents are round. Yep. Um, so it's it's called a scalloped serration. Got it. Um, ah, I like that because it doesn't like catch. It doesn't catch at all. But it still and gives you like extra you friction. You have increased surface area for cutting. Mm. Right? So there's mm. more length of blade than there is length yeah. of knife. Right. Right? Um, anyway, the Wustoff Super Slicer was an amazing knife. I used one for like two years in this restaurant I worked in. Um, then I stopped working there. It wasn't two years. It was like a year that I worked at this restaurant. I stopped working there. I lost access to this knife. Mass Drop just made a version of this knife, uh, partnering with the company called Apogee. Um, and if you just go on Mass, Mass Drop or drop.com is what it's called now, you can buy this knife for like $70. And the Wusoff version was like $200. Okay. So you can get like a pretty great deal on a knife. Just search for Mass Drop Super Slicer. And you should, if you cook at all, you should buy this knife. So what do you, you use it for? Anything you need to slice. So mm. uh, it's really good for processing tomatoes specifically. I just thought about tomatoes. Yeah. They just came to mind. It's incredible for tomatoes. It's incredible for like cutting a roast beef. Like if you have like a big like thing of roast beef, roast beef and you need to slice it, it's really, really good for that. Um, we used to get giant slabs of uh, like Smithfield Farms bacon yeah, um, yeah. for brunch. This is like really thick, hard, yeah. intense bacon. And I would slice that into bacon slices with this knife. Interesting. Okay. It's 60 bucks. Oh, it's 60, not even 70. It's tagged with everyday carry. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just put it in a sheath around my waist. Oh, this is very interesting, D. Cole. Yeah, it's an incredible knife. And I think that anyone who's like moderately serious about cooking, like this is a thing that you'll probably what have if you're for not 10 serious years. about cookie, cooking, but you're... Do you um, think you might get serious about it in the next 10 years? Definitely. All right. So this is a knife you're going to have for a decade, probably. Um, the company that makes it, so the only problem with these knives is they're hard to sharpen. Um, right. 
you can kind of sharpen them yourselves, but the company that makes them like has a, a lifetime sharpening deal where you can just send them to them and they'll sharpen it and send it back to you. Wow. You're joking. So, anyway, wow. Cool knife. I suggest you should buy it. Good suggestion, Deke. People. People of the world. Oh, can we talk about uh, Call of Duty? Yeah. So Sure. <laughs> guess who's all about Warzone, bro? Oh, are you really? <laughs> no, but yes. I do want to what play platform? right now a lot. Um, Xbox. Xbox. Okay. So I finally well, got an I Xbox because you. we can't both play Minecraft on my Switch, me and Hannah. Sure. And uh, we both play Minecraft mm-hmm. on a server with a couple other buds. Sure. And it's very fun. Um, but I've been restricted to the Switch for the entire my entire adult life, basically. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually been like a legitimate gamer since I had an Xbox 360 in basically high school. Sure. And uh, used to play like, you know, Modern Warfare and uh, yep. a lot of Halo 3, yep. stuff like that. But um, anyway, so I'm like, well, we need another machine. I'm not going to get another Switch so that I can't play any good game except for Smash Bros with friends like three times a year. Right. Zelda once and have a blast, but that's yeah. it. And then um, Minecraft. Well, yeah. Animal Crossing for 10 minutes. Then yeah. I never touched it again. Hannah plays it a lot, though. Um, but yeah, like what a, what an expensive device for no good games. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm walking away again. (laughs) I'm just doing it. So I got an Xbox for Minecraft. Compared to other consoles. Well, well, what I'm saying is like, it's the same price as an Xbox. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. If you get like all of the stuff. I couldn't get an Xbox under 300 bucks. Am I an idiot? What you do you mean? The Xbox S with the disc. Uh-huh. Drive, is more expensive than a Switch. Same price. I don't think that's true, but yeah. I, I could be wrong. Maybe the Xbox is cheaper than I thought. Xbox is 300 bucks. We got two controllers with the Xbox with the disc Xbox One S for 300 bucks. Okay. And the Switch is like 250, but it doesn't come I with controllers. I thought so it was 300 bucks. I got mine for 300 bucks. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. Okay, on eBay, it's, been it's a while $400. <laughs> it might not even be available right now. No, it's $300 MSRP. Yep. Wow. Yeah, they're the exact same price. Huh. Okay, wild. So I was like, well, why not just get a different one and also be able to play Minecraft? Anyway, I did, and I downloaded Call of Duty, played Warzone 1, got shot immediately, gave it up, whatever. Yep. Then a friend was like, you should play Warzone with me and my friend. And mm-hmm. I was like, sounds good. So much fun when you play with people you know. It's so good. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. I'm having a blast. Yeah. I can't find enough people to blow off work with me because the only time I want to play is like lunchtime. Right, right. That's a problem you have. That's a problem I have. Yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. you know, I like to play video games a lot, but I do it at night. Yeah. I don't. Um, but yeah, Warzone's great, dude. It is very fun. You're lucky too because you're joining after the big thing where uh, there was a lot of hackers. Oh. But then they basically made an algorithm that detects people who they think are hackers and then puts them in lobbies only with other people they think are hackers. No way. And this yeah. is people with like what they have like bots that can automatically just like Yeah, like aim bots you or whatever. instantly yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like wall hacks where they can see you through walls and oh. stuff. Um interesting. So they is basically it, can you do this on the PC? Like can somebody with a PC play this game? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh. So we can it's cross platform. So we can play together. Deke. Um, let's go bro but here's the thing this is i think a really genius way of dealing with hackers because 
what used to happen in all other games is they would detect a hacker, they would ban a hacker. Mm -hmm. Then the hacker would say, oh no, I am banned. Allow me to make another account and then start hacking again Mm -hmm. on this free game, right? What happens now is the hacker is never totally sure that they have been detected as a hacker. Oh, fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they're just... From yeah, their yeah. experience, they're continuing to queue up right. and go just into games and hack. Way better, yeah. And so it's like it's like sh- they've basically shadow banned the hackers. So instead of actually banning them, which would then cause them to start hacking shadow again on a new banned. account, they're basically Good just like word. sticking them in these lobbies that are just exclusively I full think, of bad guys. I think they think I'm a hacker. Yeah, <laughs> most <laughs> games because everyone's really good. Yeah. That's but funny. Dude, I mean, I do all right, you know, for a for a complete noob. But when's the last time you yeah. played this game? Uh, probably two weeks ago. Okay, so you need but, a little bit of a, a boost. A little. I mean, I've been playing shooters the entire time since then, just not that one. Okay, I'm good at shooters. What shooters do you play? Oh, you play right that. now. Right now, I'm playing Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Um, which is a Call of Duty has like a high time to kill. Um, so like if I'm shooting at you in the body, yeah, it's going to take me two thirds of a clip to kill you. Yeah. Basically. Right. Whereas, um, Rainbow Six Siege is any gun in the game is a one shot headshot and like a two or three shot body shot. So nice because it's super high time to kill. It's a much more slow and strategic game because you can't like run across a gap because you'll die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, so I've been playing that. So my instincts will be wrong for Call of Duty because yeah. it'll be much. I'll play too oh. carefully. And, oh yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, Whereas in Call that of Duty, what you want in Warzone, like to play in, really you, carefully. There are times in Warzone where you need to just sack up and run at a team of two and win. <laughs> you know, yeah. where it's like, okay, it's me. My team is already in another fight over there, and they can't help me. And there's two guys here. Yeah, I can't run away from them. I have to kill them both. Yep. Right. And you just have to decide, like, I'm going to win this gunfight, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think those are the situations that I would not play correctly right now. Mm-hmm. But interesting. My aim is still good. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm getting the bit. It's funny how like, uh, you know, I've played Call of Duty and I know how to play like, cause I, I mean, I haven't played Call of Duty in forever. So basically right, right. I have the muscle memory of like shooting and throwing a grenade and ducking yeah. And reloading and swapping yeah. weapons, and that's about it. Uh-huh. Um, so this game with these new mechanics of like these the loadouts and the you know these whatever the yellow other things contracts mm-hmm. and scavengers yeah, contracts and, are great um, and all this stuff that's like totally new to me and having to you know you know the, the bigger game strategy of gearing up and then the circle and the the parachute and whatever. Anyway, um, it is so freaking cool. I just got a headset. Cause I like was playing with people yep. with no headset, like an idiot. Yep. Cause I don't have a headset. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so I have a headset now that's garbage, but, um, whatever do. you're a gamer, dude. Yeah. Every headset you, if you go to buy a headset, they're all $40 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They all look completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Yeah. They look like they should cost $200. Welcome gamer. But you just know that like, they're like, Oh, they figured out that gamers like lights yeah and hard edges green and black color schemes or whatever or red and black or blue and and black black. pick your poison well uh, no but so green and black is for xbox headsets usually and blue and black is for playstation headsets usually and red and black is for pc headsets usually ah 
So most companies make like, th- like if you go to like Turtle Beach, right? Turtle Beach yeah. is like the right. the main like gamer headset company. Yep. Um, and they make their Xbox ones are green, their PlayStation oh. ones are blue, their PC ones are red. Interesting. Cool. I got the like least gamer looking one I could find because I don't good consider myself like in the gamer brand. Um, yeah. I support Same. those who do, but yeah. I got the most plain looking ones I could. That still like they just don't light up. But yeah, they're garbage. They're all forty bucks, and I got I just like like closed my eyes and picked one, and yeah, it's pretty bad. But, yeah, um, but whatever. But it is cool that like I just plug it into my wireless controller and I have like three dimensional sound. I sound like such an idiot because I haven't gamed yeah. like ever. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like, like you I can, can hear, hear people, people coming you. up to, on my left, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it's so yep. the concept of like being able to talk to another person and just like oh yeah like hop in the truck and i don't know it's something yeah it's way different than any other multiplayer game i've played when i played multiplayer call of duty and even when you can talk you're just running around like idiots the whole time i don't right, know right right no am. this is very squad based yes and like, it's very like what is we're gonna our hang plan out for right a now? while together. what is our plan right now <laughs> yes you know it's so much fun the, the feeling when it. the feeling when like you've landed you've done like three contracts you found a loadout drop now you've got your loadouts yep Everyone's got full it. armor and you've got like six grand in yeah, cash yeah. each. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's go to a buy station and get like UAVs or something. Yeah. You know? And then you're like I, in a I, truck. I'm agreeing with you because I've like seen this in small parts. Mm-hmm. That's not my typical game, but go on. You're in a truck, you're heading to the final circle and there's like 10 teams left, 30 people left in the game. Right? <laughs> that feeling is like... You are the king of the world. Yeah. You're like, let's go, baby. And then inevitably you get to the final circle. You get sniped by some kid on our roof with a thermal sniper rifle and it's over. Yep. We had a pretty, I mean, that was, I got to that level yesterday with a buddy. We were held up in a barn. It was, Mm -hmm. it was good times. It was good. Um, He's got a heartbeat thing because he's good at Call of Duty and you get that if you're really Uh good, I guess. So we could like just detect if someone was in the house and then I'd like, yeah, yeah crouch by the stairs dude so much freaking fun we should play after this we should i'm around are you yeah it's the weekend i gotta export I mean, that one we just did and then i have to export uh yeah let's play video. i mean let's play like in a couple hours i can't if you've got time oh i see what's your well what i have a hard doing? i have a hard what's stop your weekend at, uh i don't know um maybe we can play over the weekend but dude you know what d cole i'm just gonna text you uh-huh when i want to play Okay. You do the same. Okay. And just respond with yes or no. Yay or nay. Yay or nay. Cool. I just need a, I need a, a bunch of people that I can text at any time. Yep. And no. So this is, I know that you are like opposed to Discord, but this is what Discord is. Is a group of <laughs> people. opposed to Discord. <laughs> this is a, a group of people who have the same games who okay. are like, hey, does anyone want to... Like, I need four people to play Call of Duty right now. Who's trying to play? And then three people say, me. And then all of a sudden you have four people. Fun. And if you're on PC, then you also have the voice chat right there that you just hop into. Right. If you're not on PC, you have to jump into the game's voice chat, which is fine. But Mm. anyway. Dude, I'm a big boy gamer, though. Now, I have a game that actually has, like, better graphics than Minecraft. It's been a while. Yeah. And you're, like, you're developing skills. Yeah, a little, I did play some multiplayer over lunch and uh, yeah. I did all right, you know. How's your aim? I'm learning How's your the, aim? I'm learning the basics of not just like exposing myself like an idiot a lot. Are you, have you learned like slide shots yet? I uh, I have a current like mission to get like 
two kills in sliding. I just now learned how to slide. Yeah, I have yeah. not done a slide shot. So slide Sounds shots fun. are... You've been to the gulag, I'm sure, when you die. Shh, dude, I've even won a couple of times. Time for a bit of argy-bargy. Um, I'm all about the gulag. Enough mucking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the gulag is... Um, every time I win in the gulag, it's because I'm sliding. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, bro. You just sprint slide out one of those little like openings and then yeah, just yeah. Light them and up. i just like and i know where they could be right so How i slide with my gun aimed What's your at that percentage what in the gulag i don't know like better i would say better than half okay all right we'll but not no i'm not like 80 20 winning okay but i would say maybe like 60 70 Got it. like five or ten yeah yeah i'm getting there it's I'm, cool though. I'm just broke into the double digits. I, you know, the ones I lose are the ones with that big revolver. I don't know. Sometimes they give you like a revolver in the gulag instead of like a normal yeah. gun. Yeah. Um, and the revolver is not good for the type of play style I have, which is like sliding at somebody and just spamming yeah. into them until they die. Okay. Um, it's much more for like tactically peeking and taking one shot and then right. going back and. And that's not how I play Gulag, mm. so I always lose those ones. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, Deke, Deke, we're gonna have welcome to, to No Plans to Merge, the number one Call of Duty podcast. That's right. Where we talk all things loadouts. Loadouts? And thermal snipers. Thermal snipers. You know what the thing is? Um, What's the thing? I love, one, I love, I can't believe that it's free. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm sure it's great. like they make way more money because people buy things, but I don't know. Yes. It's free, which is crazy. Uh-huh. And it's yep. it's free in a way that doesn't feel like uh like a scam. <laughs> like I have to play a 2-minute ad every 10 minutes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's free in a, like a meaningful way that I could play this forever and never spend money right, and exactly. have a blast. Yep. And uh which is fantastic. I love that. Make the people and who like, like the to only, pay money pay for our games. The only pitch of it is basically like Hey, are you tired of playing these two game modes? guess what there's a bunch more game modes if you pay for it oh got it like multiplayer so in multiplayer they have like capsule flag and tdm yeah 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 yeah. all the normal call of duty stuff right right so warzone is just plunder and yeah and uh battle royale yeah but yeah pay for more yeah okay but so i love that it's free Uh uh-huh and what was i gonna say oh i also love that and this is just something I, I I love that um that everybody spawns with garbage weapons. Mm-hmm. That's awesome to me. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it doesn't punish the new player. Yeah, I love that. But you still get a loadout, which is like so you still get your your fanciness. Mm-hmm. But but it's you, have a little, you have to earn it. Yeah. So I I love that that we all yeah. spawn with pistols. I'm like, how great is this? It, so it's actually it's like skill based instead of yeah. yeah. I mean it's. I haven't admired a game this much in a long time. Hell yeah, bud. Yeah. It's pretty Dude, great. I cool. Had some serious I'm glad fun. you're having fun. Yeah. So let's hop in a chopper and Time for go a bit tear of it argy bargy. I don't know the quotes yet, but uh it, that's you know the guy who like yells at you in the game yeah, with an Australian like, accent. Your teammate died. Got a load out. Get to the circle. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. one of one of the things he says is Enemy UAV overhead. Yeah. One of the things he says is when you're when the when you leave like the like loading area where you just shoot people randomly. Yeah. 
and you start into the actual game where you're in the plane. Yeah. He says, enough mucking about. Time for a bit of argy-bargy. <laughs> and I don't know what that means, but I say it a lot. Yeah, right. Okay, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Me and my buddy John will often be like, it, he, uh, does, he does that like at five it, seconds to go, right? Or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be like, all right, well, uh, I, think it's, I think it might be time for a little argy bargy. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> all right, T. Cole. Anyway. Well, let's, uh, let's cap this off. Um, yeah, let's um, I'll get my cue... export going. We'll uh, cue the outro music now. Bum, ba-dum. Bum, ba-dum.